0: Good morning, welcome to worship. Our Holy Gospel is from the 18th chapter of Luke, beginning at verse 1. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about people. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, Grant me justice against my adversaries. And for some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about people, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming, which literally translated in the Greek means so that she doesn't come and punch me out and give me a black eye. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? the Gospel of our Lord. Again, I invite you to uh, pray with me as we begin our time of meditation together this morning by praying together the Holy Spirit prayer. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, Granted by that same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. There's a song that we would sing quite often throughout the summer at camp. And the song that uh, we would sing, well, we'd sing a lot of songs, and we'd sing a lot of songs over and over and over again. But this one particular song that I really like is uh, entitled Jesus, Lover of My Soul. It's performed by a Christian uh, Christian band, Christian singing group. I don't know what they're even called these days. Um, by the name of Hillsong. And some of the words to that song are this. Jesus, Lover of My Soul, Jesus, I will never let you go. You've taken me from the miry clay, set my feet upon the rock. Now I know I love you, I need you. Though my world may fall, I'll never let you go. My Savior, my closest friend, I will worship you until the very end. Jesus, lover of my soul. I always had a little bit of a problem with that song because I always felt as though the writer of that song didn't quite get it right theologically. Because when I sing that song, I change a couple of phrases just ever so slightly. But it makes all the difference in the world for me in how I can feel confident about singing this song and having it actually mean something to me. Did you notice I emphasized where it said, I will never let you go? That's where I think the songwriter got this song theologically wrong. Because it always seemed more appropriate to say and to affirm that you, Jesus, will never let me go. Even when my world falls, you, Jesus, will never let me go. It just makes a whole lot more sense for me as I sing that song. Now, we have an assigned psalm each week, and we don't read the psalm very often, but I encourage you to go home today and read the psalm. It's Psalm 121. It's the assigned psalm for today's uh, readings. And it reminds us today that the Lord will preserve you from all evil and will keep your life. The Lord will watch over your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The plain and simple truth is, I cannot, at least I'm talking about myself now, I mean y'all might have a different theological perspective than me, but I can tell you that me, as a fallen creature of God who falls short of the glory of God every single day of my life, I cannot say, I cannot say, I will never let you go. Never is a long time. That's a major connotation. I will never let you go. Whoa, I fall short of the glory of God every single day of my life. And then I'm sitting here saying to myself, I will never let you go? Can I even say that with, with good conscience? A man who falls short of the glory of God every day, can I say with good conscience that I will never let you go? That's why I can say... That even though I am a fallen creature who falls short of the glory of God every day, that Jesus has said to me, and the words of Scripture tell me again and again, that the Lord will watch over you, going out and you're coming in from this time forth forevermore. That's why I can say, Jesus, you will never let me go. And that is the reason why you and I can keep showing up. Not just here, don't get me wrong, don't don't interpret it as just showing up in church. It's more than that. But that's why you and I can keep showing up. We can keep on trusting in the promises of God. And we can keep on being persistent, whether the time is favorable or whether the time is unfavorable. That's what the Apostle Paul was talking about today. Because no matter what, Jesus has us. Jesus has our backs from this time forth forevermore. And that's why, for me, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is Romans 8, verse 39, that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus my Lord. I remind myself of that every single day of my life, that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus my Lord. Nothing! Even when I fall short, even when I fall short of the glory of God, Jesus has got my back. Did you notice the consistency in the scriptures today? The Genesis text is a story about Jacob wrestling with this man, angel, God figure. Jacob's holding on. He's not letting go. He's not giving up until he is blessed. I am not going to let go until you bless me. And then our psalm text from 121 keeps on telling us to keep our eyes on the Lord for that is where our help comes from that our going out and our coming in is constantly being watched over by the Lord and that even means at the end of this time of our life where this earthly vessel that you and I have the privilege and the gift to inhabit right now in this earthly place even when this earthly vessel is no longer here Jesus will still have my back that he will be with me in my coming in and in my going out from this time forth forevermore. In the epistle lesson, the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to hold fast. In other words, he's telling us to just keep showing up, to be persistent in the faith and in the sharing of the gospel, whether the times are favorable or unfavorable. And finally, the gospel parable today is another passage of persistence about keeping on, about showing up, about praying always, about not losing heart, and working and pleading relentlessly for justice. I also find some of the words from 2 Timothy to be disturbingly prophetic. Disturbingly prophetic for our time and our country. Where he writes in verse 3 and following, he says, For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves... Teachers to suit their own desires and will turn from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. There is something very disturbingly prophetic about those words. It's as if Paul was writing to us right now, today, in the United States of America. I think this week would be a good week for us to take some time to reflect upon the people or life stories or situations in our lives or in our family or our friends' lives where persistence, where trusting in God and simply showing up to think about and to think about how important it is that showing up, it matters. That showing up matters. Not just here in church on Sunday morning, but showing up for a friend, showing up for a person in need. Showing up where compassion is called upon. That's what I mean by showing up, because that's what matters in life. I believe that we all have those stories to tell. And I think we would be very enriched by telling and hearing each other those stories of of, of persistence. I'm still very grateful. I am very grateful for that young seminarian... Who was interning at one of the other Lutheran churches in her hometown? I'm thankful for that young seminarian who kept being persistent, who kept showing up, and who kept on telling me time and time again Jesus loves you, Craig. Jesus loves you, Craig. Many of you know my story. I was not in a good place with God or Jesus at the age of 15 because I was very angry about the fact that my dad had been killed. And yet friends and fellow students kept showing up in my life and eventually some of those friends and students in my life, they introduced me to Emery, the new intern pastor over at St. John's Lutheran Church. And one of the things that I can tell you about Emory is that he was a person who was very perceptive and he could tell that I was struggling. His persistence kept me coming back. His persistent message of God's love in Jesus kept ringing in my ear and in my mind over and over again. You see, Emery kept showing up. Emery kept coming. He kept coming and he kept coming. Practically everywhere I went, Emery was there. He kept showing up. And you know what? It mattered. It mattered because he kept showing up. It was truly a turning point in my life. And it was one of the first times in my life that I began to realize that Jesus was always going to be there for me. And that his love would never let me go. And it took me a long time for it to sink in, but that message that Jesus loves you, it sunk in eventually. And it stuck. And it still does. And that message is as much alive today and as meaningful today for me as it was how many years ago? 50 years ago. And I can tell you that that love of Jesus is still there for you and for me both today. Your journey, your story is as unique as mine. We all have stories, either in our own walk of faith or we know stories that speak of God's persistent presence in other people's lives. I know for me that the phrase, Jesus loves you, has not been a phrase that I have used regularly. For my friend Emery, it is natural and authentic for him to affirm that truth because it's become a part of his DNA. It's a part of his vernacular, his word library. It's a very simple word library, but for Emery, that word library includes a very simple phrase, Jesus loves you. And for some strange reason, those words don't flow off of my tongue as naturally as they do for Emory. Although I do have to say that I do enjoy, especially when I'm around young people, especially at vacation Bible school and other opportunities, I always look forward to singing the Jesus Loves Me Rock song. And you all know what I mean. You know, that deep, rich E chord. I don't even know if that's E. Wherever E is, but on my guitar it sounds deep and rich and I love that E chord. And then you start out with that kind of that rock and roll. Jesus loves you. This I know for the Bible tells me so. For me, what flows off of my tongue with persistence and confidence is the affirmation that I am a baptized child of God. That is something that I can articulate with my tongue every single day. I am a baptized child of God, that I am a child of the light. And the other words that roll off of my tongue and I articulate often is that nothing, absolutely nothing, will separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's all the same stuff, Lord. It's all the same stuff. it's, It's the same stuff, just different words. In essence, what I'm saying is, I'm saying Jesus loves you. I just say it a little differently than Emery does. But when I say to you, you're a baptized child of God, or that you're a child of the light, or that nothing can separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord, I'm just simply telling you that Jesus loves you. I think the other reason why, I've said this before, of course, the other reason why speaking words so intimate as if Jesus, you know, to say Jesus loves you, I mean, it's like us, us northern European guys, you know, we have a hard time even telling our wives that we love their wives. I love you. When was the last time your husband said that to you? You know? Because of us, a staunch Northern European guy, well, I don't know, I can't say those words. As I look out upon you today, I see faces of faithful people who have lived lives of faith in God, and you have immersed yourself in this salvation history story that we have the opportunity to read and hear every day of our lives. And I see the faces of faithful people who have your own unique story, your stories of God's persistent presence in your life. Each of you have your own path of faith that is unique. And for some of you, your path of faith has been strong, it has been smooth, it has been orderly, and it has been methodical. As in, would be the case for most Lutherans, right? I mean, our lives are just you know, smooth and orderly and methodical. That's the Lutheran faith. And yet for others, your path to faith has been fraught with struggle, resistance, denial, uncertainty, as was my journey for a certain period of time, especially when I was 15 years old. Regardless of your journey towards faith and the path that it took for you to be where you are today, The reality is you're still showing up and you're not just showing up here in church on Sundays but you're showing up in your neighborhoods for your neighbor you're showing up for your children you're showing up for your friends you're showing up for those people that you see need help you're showing up when you extend care and compassion and love and acceptance and forgiveness to people you're showing up and you know what folks it matters It matters that you and I keep showing up. It matters. Just as the Apostle Paul said in the very last phrase of that passage, he said, be sober, endure suffering, and just continue to be faithful. Faithful to the gospel. Just keep showing up. That's all it is. And as I said just a few moments ago, The reason why you and I can keep on showing up, the reason why you and I can keep on trusting in the promises of God, and we can keep on being persistent whether the time is favorable or not, the reason why is because no matter what, Jesus has us. Jesus has our backs. Jesus loves us from this time forth and forevermore. And we can cling to that and we can claim that the absolute promise of God that absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we can say with confidence, Jesus, you will never let me go. Amen. I invite you to join me now as we pray together the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.